Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word? What's going on? It's good to see you. We love you so very much and uh, praise God for you. Hey, drop some comments in there and uh, let me know who's watching, who's online, who's watching, where are you watching from? And have you been getting a lot out of this series on stinking thinking? Uh, today we're talking about entitlement mentality. And uh, I'll tell you, this is one that we absolutely need to discuss because this mentality is truly rampant in America. I mean, it is rampant. And uh, it was, I'll talk to you more about that in just a second, but uh, let's jump in. And I want to uh, share with you something, and then I want to have a word to you as well about this series. Uh, let's look at entitlement mentality today. Are you ready to jump in? If so, put a hands up in the comments. This is really, uh, this, this mentality you could also say is, I deserve, I deserve. And uh, entitlement mentality is thinking that we deserve something that we really don't. And the attitudes that go with it when we don't actually receive what we think we deserve. Let me read that again. Entitlement mentality is thinking that we deserve something that we really don't. And the attitudes that go with it when we don't actually receive what we think we deserve. All right. Now, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. And here's what I want you to see. We've been talking about this every day uh, this week. We've been talking about this verse. And one of the things we see in this uh, description of the parable of the sower is that there are thorns. And those thorns will choke out the fruitful harvest. And so when we have thorns in our life, it will actually choke out the fruit that God has for us in our lives. And he doesn't want that, so he'll tell us things to say, hey, stop being this way, be this way, and uh, make sure that you're doing it the right, the right way. I'm going to tell you and show you these areas where you can go forward. I'm also going to show you areas where you can drop that have been holding you back. And this series is about that. Things that we've been thinking, brought up in our environment, brought up in uh, the atmosphere of this century, uh, in all of these generations that we have. And we've actually been taught to think ways that aren't godly. And so we're exposing those because imagine running a race with each one of these ways of thinking, you know, a 20-pound weight hanging off of you while you're trying to run a race. Well, eventually, if we'll snip off each one of these and stop thinking these ungodly ways, we can run a race with confidence, and it's awesome. So uh, Kevin says, uh, through this teaching, I'm realizing that my religious breath smells worse than I thought. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, I don't know of anybody that that's not true with. The issue is, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? And so we don't want to walk in a lower harvest because the more of a lower harvest that we walk in, the more productive uh, or the less productive we'll be in the kingdom of God. So we want to make sure that we're running our race at full capacity, we're being a, and we are walking in the fullness of God's harvest that we can, walking in the most of it that we can because out of the abundance 
we can do every good work. And so the more harvest we have in our spiritual lives, in our physical lives for the kingdom of God, the more work for the kingdom we can do and the more eternity uh, turns out to the way that God wants it to turn out because he wants everyone to be born again. He wants them all to be saved. We know that not everybody will, but we can be uh, influential in the ones that can. So we want our harvest to be as high as possible. So let's look at this now. And uh, welcome to everybody that's joining us. Share the broadcast, hit the bell, hit the notification button. And uh, on Monday, just so you know, we're going to be talking about my kingdom mentality. My kingdom mentality. This one is huge. All of them are. But I'm telling you, this one is one I've watched sink so many people, especially people that have giftings in your life. If you have giftings in your life, you need to tune in. Monday. All right, now let's look at this. Mark chapter 4 and verse 18 and 19. It says this, and others, so uh, some people, are the ones on whom seed was sown, the seed of the word, among the thorns. Now, the thorns you're going to see is each item of stinking thinking. So, the ones we've covered so far is the lottery mentality, the arrival mentality the drive-through mentality, and today we're talking about the entitlement. Each one of these are thorns in our life that will cause us to reap less of a harvest. He said, these are the ones who have heard the Word. In other words, these are people going to church. They're hearing the Word of God. They're hearing the truth, but, verse 19, but the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things enter in and choke the Word, and it becomes unfruitful. In other words, if we don't deal with this stinking thinking, we're going to have a lack of fruitfulness in our life. We won't be doing the things that God really wants us to be, and we won't be blessed like He really wants us blessed. What are the things that hold us back? These three things, the worries, the deceitfulness, and the desires of the world. The worries, deceitfulness, and desires of the world. And these are the elements that we're attacking. But what does God actually want for us? God wants us to live in a full life, overflowing with His goodness. And so in John 10.10 from the Amplified it says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. So that's God's plan, and if that's God's plan, then He's given us a way to get there, right? He's given us a way to get to that full and enjoyable life, but we must do it His way. Now, before we jump into entitlement fully today, uh, this, is, this is one thing that I want you to see. Like I see Kevin just made a comment. He says, honestly, one day I'd like to watch just once and, once, and here I've got something correct. Okay, and that's actually exactly what I want to deal with before we jump in today because most people have been taught to beat themselves up when they see something wrong. Most people have been taught to beat themselves up when they find something wrong. Now, I'll have you know, I do not like to be wrong. I don't like, I don't like missing it, you know. I know we were just playing a game earlier in the nailed it or failed it. Uh, but I thought that that guy was going to nail it, and I was wrong. He failed it, which made me laugh because of what he did. But here's the thing. I don't like being wrong. I don't like missing it. Even in that silly game, I don't like being wrong. But the, here's the difference. 
Used to, I would beat myself up for it. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. Beat yourself up when you're wrong, no matter how little or how big. We are not looking at these items for you to beat yourself up. If you do that, you will actually take away the power of the word that sets you free. If the word that you walk in sets you free, how can beating yourself up in condemnation be what it's trying to produce? Please put that in the comments. If the word that we continue in sets us free, how can beating ourselves up in condemnation be the fruit of the word? It's not. It is not what it's trying to do. What is the word trying to do? Shine the light on the areas that are holding us back that we can't see. So when we understand 2 Corinthians 2.14, but thanks be unto God who is always leading us in triumph in Christ, right? If he's always leading us in triumph in Christ, then when the word exposes a flaw in our life, it's not to condemn us and beat us up, but to expose it so we can say, Ah, snip that. In other words, we want to cut that away. So what the devil does is he tries to get you to walk in works and performance and get you to walk in condemnation instead of, Lord, by faith, I'm believing you to help me break this chain that's held me back in this stinking thinking forever. So your response should never be how bad I am. Your response should be... Glory to God, I just found where I can rise up. I just found where I can be more free than I've ever been before. Your mouth and your mind and your heart should be full of praise. I'm going up, I'm going further, I'm going faster, and I can be fruitful in the kingdom for the Lord that I love so much. In other words, it's not there to show you how wrong you are. It's there to show you how right you can be by making a decision to change it today. You make one decision to change it, repent, and immediately all that wrongness is gone and it's nothing but up from here. Amen. So I want you to put it in the comments right now. I'm going up. I'm moving forward. I'm running faster today more than ever before. I'm going up. I'm going forward. And I'm running faster today more than ever before. I'm going up. I'm going forward, and I'm going faster today than ever before in Jesus' name. Get that inside of you. And if stuff is exposed for you to change, praise God that that is not going to hold you back anymore. Praise God. That's not. And so when you start seeing, I love it now, you know, I don't like being wrong, and I, I don't like missing it, but one thing that I've found is this. That if I do find an area where I'm wrong, I start praising God because I know that this just, I had a ceiling. In other words, there was a glass ceiling from my being wrong. I couldn't get past it. I'm not going to grow beyond it. But as soon as that thing is exposed, I can break through that thing. And now I have upward mobility that I did not have before. That's you today. So with that in mind, don't beat yourself up when you see it. You know, all of these things are negative thinking that the devil has got the whole society to buy into. We're exposing it so you will see how to run further and faster and higher than you've ever done before. Not to beat you up, not to point the finger at you.
right? That's not why we're exposing this. We're, we're exposing this stinking thinking so that you can advance and go higher than you could yesterday. Amen. So now let's look at this. Uh, entitlement mentality, I deserve. We need to break the thought of entitlement mentality in our mind. We need to break the thought of entitlement mentality in our mind. We need to break in our mind that we deserve anything. Now, I want, I want to I be careful with my words here. I want to be very wise with my words, and here's why. Because some people will say, well, you know, we deserve because of what Jesus did. That is absolutely true. The only way that we deserve something is through what Jesus did. But here's the thing. When we start... Basically, when most people say you deserve or I deserve, we're most of the time talking about the works that we've done. In other words, we may have done some, some work. So, for example, let me give you an example of this. I have people that will come to me, like after a message or something, they'll say, oh, that was so good. I enjoyed that so much. Of course, not everybody always says that. There's people that don't like it as well. But when they say that, one of the things I always want to keep in my heart, and the Lord gave this to me many years ago, is that God is so good. And the place that I learned that, I think it's Mark chapter 10, but it's the story of the rich young ruler that comes to Jesus. And he comes to Jesus and says, good master. Now, if anyone could have accepted praise on the earth for themselves, it was Jesus. But even Jesus in this moment directed all praise and glory to the Father. Even Jesus did that. He said, there's not one good but God. And so he, he could have taken it for himself. Obviously, Jesus had actually done his works perfectly. He had done everything right. But even Jesus, having done everything right, didn't feel like he deserved the praise that the Father should get. And that's the key. He didn't feel like he deserved or was entitled to the praise that the Father should get. Please put that in the comments. Jesus didn't feel like he should deserve the praise that the Father should get. And so he said, there's only one good. And basically, Jesus turned to him and said, God is so good. Let's praise him. Right? And so in that moment, I learned, you know, if I do something good, it all goes back to God. When you look at James chapter 1 and verse 17, it says, Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness nor shadow of turning. In other words, if I did do something good, if we did do something good, who's the one who gave us the power to do it? God did. Anything, well, you made the choice. Yes, I did make the choice. Who taught me what the right choice was? Who taught me that it was the right choice? Jesus did. Who gave me the power to put down the wrong choice and put on the, the right choice? Jesus. So even if I made the right choice, it still goes to God. It still goes to him. In other words, I don't even deserve that because it was if you left me by myself, you will find me located in Romans Chapter uh, 5, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10. Myself without God equated to this. Sinners, helpless, and enemies. That's, that's where we were without God. Romans chapter 5, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10. 
Without God, without Jesus, this was our position, and this is what I deserved. Whatever a sinner that couldn't help himself and was an enemy of God deserved, that's what I deserved without Christ. The only reason I would ever deserve anything is because of what Jesus did. And he deserves to be recognized for that and given the praise for that. So when we say, I deserve, what we're doing is we're literally taking some of the glory that was meant for God for ourselves. And so it's one of those things where you, it's a very slippery slope there. And so most people I would say are on the wrong side of that slope. And if, if you do have the understanding uh, that you deserve it because of those choices, because of what God did in you, then it's still a very slippery slope because you can get into the place where you start slipping into an entitlement. Yes, I deserve this. Look, we actually do have some good things going on. And, and that's exactly where the devil wants to trip you up. And so you have to be very wise about that. But I would say most people, they're not thinking about that at all. Most people are thinking, man, I've been working hard. Watch this. I've been working hard all day. It's been a rough week. I deserve a beer. Right? See, when we get into this entitlement mentality, when we get into this I deserve mentality, all of a sudden we feel like we deserve to feed our flesh a little. I've been doing so good all week, I haven't cussed or anything. You know, I deserve to just relax and watch this movie that the Holy Spirit's telling me not to watch. I deserve to, you know, be able to listen whatever music I want to. I don't have to listen to, you know, gospel music tonight or, or Christian music tonight. I'll just listen to the other stuff. I'll listen to what my flesh wants. But because I deserve it, I, I deserve a little bit of a break. And all of a sudden, we're tempting ourselves. We think, and watch this, you go back to arrival mentality. We think we've arrived at a certain place. And that arrival mentality turns into, I deserve, and all of a sudden, we're doing a sin because we opened up the door to temptation. This is the danger of entitlement mentality. We need to break the thought in our mind that we deserve anything. Not because God won't give us great things, but because the mindset of I deserve will lead us away from God and away then from those great things. Entitled mentality, entitlement mentality is rampant in our American society. You don't believe me? Hold the restaurant door open for somebody today. <laughs> Hold the door open. See how many people tell you thank you. I was literally at a place. Now, I, sometimes people will, and if one person does it, kind of others feel like they need to follow suit. But for the most part, people just, they expect it. Like, you know, you were supposed to hold this door open for me. And they don't want to, right? They don't want to tell you thank you or anything like that. So watch this. Here's what happened. One day I was at a restaurant. And I, you know how you can get stuck holding the door open? You know, I guess some people don't because they haven't done it. But um, I, I'll do it quite a lot. And what will happen is you'll hold the door. And it's like, it's like everybody comes at one time. Well, in this case, there were 30 people or so that walked through the door before I finished holding the door. And uh, I, it was kind of funny, and people were laughing. And I enjoyed it. I was serving people. I was serving people, and so I enjoyed it. Well, out of that 30 people, I think there was one person that said thank you. 
That's 29 people that did not recognize a favor being done for them. Why would they not even recognize that enough to say thank you? Because they feel like I deserve. They feel like they're entitled. Somebody should hold the door open for me. Well, I don't know that they're thinking that. Why didn't they say thank you? Why didn't they give thanks for that? The reason is because at our core, we have entitlement mentality rooted in this society. It's rooted in this society. So now look at this. As we get into this, and you will find that entitlement mentality is directly proportional to thankfulness or the lack thereof. If we feel entitled, you'll find that when we feel entitled and when we feel like I deserve and we have that wrong mentality, you will find that thankfulness goes away. But when we have the right mentality that I, I'm not entitled to this and I don't necessarily deserve it because of my works, we will be very thankful. And if we go into Romans chapter 1, you'll see that thankfulness is directly related. Thankfulness is directly related to a lack of deception. When we are not thankful, deception runs rampant. And so when we are entitled, we won't be thankful. And because we're not thankful, we actually set ourselves up to be deceived. And many, many people have had this uh, going on. Let me read this again. As we get into this, you'll find that entitlement mentality is directly proportional to thankfulness or the lack thereof. Now, before we get to thinking too much about the, all those other entitlement mentality people, you know, before we start thinking about, oh, I know somebody who's got this entitlement mentality. <laughs> before we start thinking about everybody else, remember this. You don't necessarily deserve a thank you for holding the door either. <laughs> I, I remember as I was building this in, uh, eight years ago and thinking about entitlement mentality, I was thinking about this, and, um, and I thought about that time where 30 people walked in and only one person said thank you. And, uh, and this was in the South where people are generally pretty kind, but that has changed a lot over the last few years. And, uh, but this was several years ago, and it was an odd thing for that many people, but the Lord was showing me how entitlement uh, mentality was rampant. And as I was thinking about it, I was thinking, man, yeah, I should have gotten more thank yous. And the Lord, the Lord spoke this exact thing. He said, oh, do you think you deserved a thank you? <laughs> I was like, wow, I had never thought about that before. So what, look, look here, what do we actually deserve? And I already mentioned these scriptures in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, verse 8, and verse 10. Listen, without God, what did we deserve? Without Jesus in our lives, we were helpless. We could not help ourselves. We could not get out of the, the pit. We could not get out of the trap of sin. We were completely helpless, the Bible says. The Bible says we were sinners. In other words, we had no righteousness, no holiness. There was no way to approach God legally and stay there. We couldn't help ourselves. We were in the wrong place in terms of holiness. And then uh, verse 10 actually says this, that in verse 10, it says, after it says we're helpless and we're sinners, it says you were enemies of God. Now, here's the beautiful thing. If you look at each one of these uh, verses, when we were helpless, when we were sinners, and when we were enemies, that's when Jesus came and died for us. 
not when we were at our best, right? So as we're looking at stinking thinking, we don't have help from Jesus when we get it all fixed. We have help from Jesus when we need the help. We have help from Jesus not when we uh, have it all together. We have help from Jesus when we need it. <laughs> when we need the help, he's there to help us, not when we have it perfect. And so one of the things that we see is that without him, what we deserved was hell. What we deserved was hell. What we still deserve without Jesus is hell. Now, if we have Jesus we deserve heaven, but listen, not based on what we did, but based on what God did, based on what Jesus did, based on what the Holy Spirit did. See, without Jesus, what we deserved, we don't want. We don't want what we deserved. We want what Jesus deserves. That's what we want. Put that in the comments. We don't want what we deserve. We want what Jesus deserves. And that's exactly what he made available to us. And so now watch this. When we get into, there's a little nuance here. When we get into entitlement mentality and I deserve, then we immediately are limited to our own good works. But when we are out of entitlement mentality and we understand that without Jesus we don't deserve, then we tap into the unlimited power of what Jesus deserves. Can you see that? As soon as we uh, get in entitlement mentality, and this is why it's so bad for people to be like, oh, girl, you deserve this. Man, you deserve that vacation. You deserve that. As soon as you get into that thinking and accept that thinking, you, you immediately step into the place where your benefits are limited at least on some level because it's got to do with our works. I want the benefits that are, that are linked to somebody who has unlimited worth and deserving, right? And that is only found through Jesus Christ and, and through faith in him. So when we think that we deserve love or we deserve blessings or we deserve, we deserve a vacation, when we, when we get into we deserve it based off of our works, we immediately limit and cap what can come into our lives. But when we take the limits off by faith, believing on Jesus Christ as our Savior, we step out of our own deserving and our own entitlement and we step into His and immediately the ceiling is broken off and we can have things that we could never have before in Jesus. Amen. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Hallelujah. Look at this. Galatians 5, 19-21. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words... When we go back to what we are without Jesus, we have no right to the kingdom. So when we step into entitlement mentality, we literally connect ourselves to that old man. If we feel like we deserve, we connect ourselves with the works of the flesh, and we have no part in the kingdom. 
That's why it's so dangerous. Matthew 23, 33, you serpents, you brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? The sentence of what we deserved was hell. Before Christ entered our lives, the sentence of hell is what we actually deserve. Man, how thankful we should be. <laughs> Think about that. Do you know that I ought to be able to walk up to any Christian any single day and say, Man, just tell me how thankful you are. And they ought to burst out. I am so thankful. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to be with God every day. But most Christians in America today, you can walk up to them and say, man, tell me what God's done. And they'll be like, well, you know, it's, it's going all right, everything. They have no active revelation of what God has done for them. They have no active revelation of just how far he removed them from what they deserved. Hear that again. Most believers in, American, in the American church have no active revelation of just how far God has removed them from what they actually deserved. And so when we keep telling each other, you deserve this and you deserve that, what we're actually doing is we're closing the gap of what God has separated we draw the two together, and then we don't become very thankful at all. And this is a sure sign that we don't have revelation of the fullness of the love of God, what he's done for us, and what he's, how far he's actually brought us. And that thankfulness ceases, and all of a sudden it leads us to deception, and you start believing all kinds of things. This, this mentality is one of the most dangerous mentalities, and yet we're like, oh, you deserve that donut. Go ahead and eat that donut. You know, you deserve to take some time off. You deserve this. I don't like it when people say that to me. I have people say that that don't know the revelation of this. They don't know I preached exactly against it before. And they'll go, oh, pastor, you deserve, you deserve to go and have such a great time on that trip. And I'm thinking, you know, I, we made some right choices. That's true. And we've worked hard. Yeah, but God gave every bit of that. What I deserved without Jesus, Jesus deserves praise for what's happened through the ministry. He deserves praise for where I'm going to be in eternity. He deserves praise. He's entitled to my praise. He's entitled to this. He just blesses me with that time. He didn't have to give it. And, you know, he was under no obligation to give it outside of just his word that he gave on his own accord. He is entitled to being praised over what's happening. Well, last year you had over 2,100 commitments to Christ in your church. Over 2,100 commitments to Christ. Good job. Good job working hard. You deserve to take a break and, and have a good vacation this year or whatever. You deserve all that. No, I don't deserve all that. He empowered me to do it. He's the one who told me that was right. He's the one who let us do that. He deserves all of the praise and all of the honor. It all goes back to him. It all goes back. He now look, now I want you to see this. It's not wrong for you to have a vacation. It's not wrong for you to be blessed. It's not wrong for you to be in joy. It is wrong for you to beat yourself up when you miss it, right? That is wrong. It is wrong to stay in condemnation and to look down on myself and, and be like, oh, you just don't deserve anything. You're such a, a poor, wretched human being without God. No, that's actually against what he's saying too. It's that I recognize the reality of where he's brought me and he deserves it. He deserves the praise. And watch this. And I praise God again 
Because even though I didn't deserve it, he let me be a part of what he's doing. And then he blesses me on top of it. He blesses me with a vacation. He'll bless me with, you know, a bonus. He'll bless me with whatever because he's that good. God is so good. Jesus is so good. The Holy Ghost is so good. Again, see how we can try to, you know, work our way out and make it all about what we're doing. And we have to back up and say, hold on. No, this is all God. And I'm going to praise it. I'm not going to beat myself up because I didn't deserve it. I know that. I knew that. That's why I needed Jesus. I'm not going to walk in condemnation over it. But I'm not going to, now that I made his righteousness and I'm walking with him, I'm not going to imagine that all of a sudden it becomes all me and now I get the praise and I deserve things that I don't. He gave me the power. Remember 2 Peter 1.3, it says that he's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, right? And so he's the one who even gave us the ability to walk godly. He's the one that gave us all of that. Many people are not as thankful to God as they should be because they think they, they deserve something better. Now watch this. Here's another trap of it. Let's say that somebody is, you know, let's say that somebody is, oh, gracious Lord, give me the right example. I got one, but it's the wrong example. Okay, let's say that somebody has had a beat-up car, and they've had it for 10 to 15 years. And they're looking at it, and they're like, I've been working hard for the kingdom of God, and, and uh, man, I just I deserve to get out of this car. I deserve a better car than this. Like, I need a better car than this. You know, this thing's beat up. It's not a bad, it's, it's a bad witness and a bad testimony to people that know that I'm born again. I, I need and I deserve a better car. Now watch this. Here's the issue. Many people are not as thankful to God as they should be because they think they deserve something better. That thought process will then take you to the place where you're like not thankful for the car. You're not thankful for the vehicle that gets you around, that takes you to work, that actually gets some stuff done. Our job is to be thankful for every blessing. And although that blessing can improve, it's still a blessing. It still takes you down the road at 45, 55 miles an hour that you can only walk six miles an hour, right, out in the weather and take you a lot longer time to get there. It's still a blessing. I had this happen to me one time. I had a vehicle, and I, I came to despise the vehicle, and I stopped thanking God for it. And, it. and I was wondering, it went on for like five years. I needed a new vehicle, and I was wondering, I was like, Lord, why do I still have this vehicle? I don't understand it. And the Lord said this to me. He said, you haven't been thankful for it. You've started to despise it. And but when you started despising what you had, you stopped giving me the praise that I actually deserve for that blessing. And I went. So when I, when I stopped praising, remember what the word says. And keep in mind, if you won't do the right thing with the little thing, how can I give you the bigger thing? How can I give you the bigger thing? And so what happened was I wasn't content. I started to despise 
that old vehicle. And, and the principle says, if I didn't learn how to thank him for the thing uh, that I didn't think was a big enough blessing, if I couldn't thank him for that, he couldn't give me the bigger. That's a kingdom principle. And the entitlement mentality and the, the hard work that I was doing, see, I thought I deserved more, better because of the work I was doing for the kingdom. This entitlement mentality will sink people. Can you see how dangerous this can be? And can you see how we just throw it around? Oh, don't you know? You're just you're just slicing words. It's just semantics, you know. It's just it's you know you you're working hard. You deserve that. Just take it. Just just take the compliment. No, 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 no. Not going to take it. Jesus deserves that compliment. Jesus de- deserves that praise. He deserves that thanks. It's all about Him. I I am blessed to have the opportunity to work with him. I am blessed by that. If nothing, if I never had anything, now watch this. This is not God's will, but let me give you an example. If all I had in my life was just enough food to get by, I never had any luxuries, any comforts in life, but then I went to heaven and didn't go to hell, I deserve to praise him. He deserves my praise for all of eternity. But that's not where he leaves us. You know, we act like having the beat-up car is the worst thing that we could ever have in our life sometimes. Like, oh, my gosh, I just don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get another car, get into this house and everything. Like, that is not the worst thing that can happen. The worst thing that can happen is that you are separated from God for eternity. What we're living right here is a vapor of time. And the Holy Spirit wrote it in Scripture and said, these small, these small items, these... This small affliction, this, this small affliction that we're going through. That's how he called it. And now I know some people that have gone through some things that have been really rough. But he says, because this period of time is so short and eternity is so long, it's a small affliction for the glory that will be given to us. Thanksgiving and victory and promises are tied together. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every, every place. What are we seeing? Thanksgiving, victory, and triumph. Right? Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving... Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, when we get into entitlement mentality and I deserve mentality, the first thing that kind of suffers from it is our thanksgiving to God. But thank, And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to take away your thanks, because if he takes away your thanks, he takes away your victory. He takes away your seeing clear. And we should be thanking God all the time. I truly believe that many people never see victories, manifestations, healings, provision, restoration, protection, etc. Because we've not been truly thankful to God. We've not been thankful because we think we deserve to be treated better because we've had an entitlement mentality. These are the things that we have not been receiving that God actually wants for us. We've not been receiving them, but God wants them for us. But we're holding ourselves back because we haven't been given thanks because we've had an entitlement mentality. Let me ask you a couple of questions, and let's get to the root of the problem for a minute. Why do we, and, and watch this, 
Why do we get upset when somebody cuts us off in traffic? Why do we get upset? The truth be told, we can say all kinds of things. We can say, well, it was a dangerous move. Okay, granted, but most of the time when we get cut off in traffic, we still don't actually inherit the manifestation of that danger. We don't wreck most of the time. Yeah, it's a dangerous move and the guy shouldn't do it. But why do we get upset? See, what I've learned to do now is I've learned to praise God. That didn't cause any problems. Thank you, Lord, you protected me from that guy driving like that. Why do, why do we get upset? The issue is we get upset because we feel like we deserved for that person to act better around us. We're actually, we feel entitled that nobody does anything that's quote-unquote dangerous around us. We're entitled to that. We're entitled to that, right? See, one of the things that happens is you're not entitled to that. Watch what that will lead to. What you're saying is, I'm entitled to live a life where nobody does anything dangerous. Do you know that you just canceled all of your commands from Jesus in that moment? You will not be productive in the kingdom of God if you carry that out to the full. Why? Because according to logic, the whole Bible is dangerous. According to logic, you trusting God and trusting in him, a supernatural entity over science and physics and believe in him more than you believe anything else, that's logically dangerous. And when we, when we actually think that we deserve that nobody does anything dangerous around us, we're actually setting ourselves up to limit our whole actions and we won't walk in the supernatural. That's exactly what you've seen happen in the church. So you can see how these, this stinking thinking, it kind of snowballs and it, and, it, and it falls down a slippery slope of no production no victory in our lives. Here the, the, and the reason that we get upset is really truthfully at the root of it. We feel like we deserve better treatment. Hear this. Why do we get bothered when our prayer doesn't get answered on our time frame? Why do we get bothered when the prayer doesn't get answered on our time frame? This is a fun one. Like God doesn't know when it needs to be answered? <laughs> Can you see how we'll even, because it, this didn't get answered. Well, I needed to pay this bill at this time, and, and it just didn't come in. Why are we bothered by that? Do we not trust God to bring in more bills next week and pay all the stuff off plus more? God knows your time frame. See, immediately, our own time frames, our own logic and what we deserve from our own logic takes us away from trust in the Lord. Why do we get upset when someone doesn't say thank you? Because we feel like, I deserve a thank you. I feel, I feel like I deserve for God to answer it on my timetable, not his. And all of a sudden, we're in entitlement mentality. Why do we not honor someone who is really working to serve you? You know, many people, you know, and, and a lot of times, like, for example, this right here, what I'm doing, what am I doing? They talked about it yesterday on the broadcast. What am I doing? Am I pointing the finger at you? No, not at all. Am I shining the light on areas that could cause you not to go higher? That's what I'm doing. 
But many people, because of their flesh, they don't like that. They don't want that. The Lord actually says in the Word that this is the kind of person you need to hang around, and love disciplines. See, a lack of love doesn't discipline. It never calls out any of this stuff. It just lets you keep on in the, in the ways of the curse. But love will shine the light on and say, come on, let's go to a better place. Let's get out of this curse, right? But many people don't want this kind of teaching because they would have to change because they don't deserve to be talked to like this. <laughs> and when they don't feel like that, they won't honor, they won't honor the very person who's loving on them. This is exactly what we've done to God for centuries. God's trying to help us, and we've made him the big mean guy in the sky that won't let us eat our piece of the pie. Why do we get, so why do we not honor someone who is really working to serve us? Why do we get mad when the waitress gets our order wrong or they are out of what we ordered? Why do we get mad with that? Because we feel like we deserve better. We're in entitlement mentality. Because if you weren't an entitlement mentality, you wouldn't get mad at it. You'd just be like, okay, i got to order something else. I mean, like our getting mad is going to change their inventory. Our getting mad is going to change the fact that they missed it. And that doesn't do anything. No. And it's not our job to correct them. It's their boss's job. Right? Well, the customer's always right. Okay. Great. They should have that attitude. It's not your job to enforce that. Why do we, why do we get mad? Because we feel like, truthfully, at the root, we deserve better. <laughs> Why do we get heated when someone does not respect us or our position? You know, we a lot of times follow it up by, do you know who I am? <laughs> or we're thinking that. Do you know who I am? Why do we get mad when somebody doesn't respect us? I've watched people literally lose their lives because... They were in such an entitlement mentality and somebody missed it and didn't, didn't see them or whatever and they felt like they were being disrespectful and then they get in a gunfight and die. Literally, there's a story I've heard of very recently where uh, somebody walked in, they did not see this person and uh, they just made the mistake of, of like, I forget what it was exactly, but I know the, the subject of it. They didn't see the person, and like they stepped in front of them or something, or they bumped them. And I mean, this person went off in the middle of a convenience store, cussing and everything, calling them all kinds of names and everything. Now watch this. The Christian didn't get mad, just tried to explain it and love on them. And by the end of it, the person that had flown off the handle actually came to the Christian and said, you really didn't see me, did you? And they said, no, I didn't. And they said, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But see, here's the issue. That person felt like they were being disrespected because they were, felt like they were entitled to it. Why do we let anger get to us when someone at our job expects us to treat them with respect and a smile? You know, somebody goes, you need to, you need to respect me and, and treat me with a smile. And we're like, the heck I do. You know, who are you talking to? Why do we get mad at that? Because we feel like we deserve to be treated differently. We deserve to be treated higher. See, anytime you're angry or upset of something, it's really good to ask the question, why? What is this? What's, what's driving this? What, and a lot of times it's a fear 
that I'm not getting what I deserve. And that I deserve is because we're looking at our works and our position in society instead of looking at him. Why do we think the church or government or our job or anyone owes us anything? What do they owe us? What, all right, let's, well, well, they said they do this. Okay, great, they said it. Do you know how many people lie? <laughs> you know how many people do say stuff and never do it, right? And, and here, watch this. What do they actually owe you? Okay, what do you deserve? That's the, that's the answer to the question. What they owe you is what you deserve. What do you deserve? We already covered this. What we deserve is hell. Well, now I'm in the kingdom of God. That's God's business to get his blessings to you, not the world's. God handles the world. It's not your job to police that. It's not our job to police that. You know? But we feel like we deserve something. I've watched Christians go into a restaurant and the waiter like do something or you know, do you know the, the people that the waiters hate the most in a restaurant? The ones who say they're blessing. This is a tragedy. But it's because people have walked in, Christians have walked in with an entitlement and an I deserve mentality, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden they step into this and I deserve an entitlement mentality. And they step into the um, restaurant and they're like, do you not know that I am a child of the king? I am a prince. I am a princess. I'm whatever. And I'm a child. I am royalty. You better treat me like I deserve. <laughs> and sometimes people have not said all those words, but that's what they're thinking. <laughs> and they are setting themselves up. Their, their witness is completely blown. Look, if we can't tip well, we don't need to go out to eat, and we sure don't need to say the blessing. You know, if we can't tip well, then don't go out to eat. Go make a peanut butter sandwich or something, you know, peanut butter and jelly. Don't, if you can't tip well, don't do that. It's a horrible, horrible witness. We're supposed to be walking as that royalty, not because we're claiming it, because we actually have it manifested in our lives. We want to walk in abundance for every good work. But that blessing comes from God, not from everybody else. See, here's the issue. This is the difference of what Jesus... Jesus could have stood up in front of everybody and said, I deserve to be treated better than this. That's not what he did. He didn't take entitlement mentality. He said, listen, I know that you're the world and you're going to treat me a, a certain way. I'm going to go up to Jerusalem and they're going to beat me and they're going to kill me. And I know it, even though I deserve to be on the throne that I willingly and humbly put down. And, and he says, but I didn't, he didn't go with entitlement mentality. He went with a serving mentality. Totally different. And when he served, he realized people were going to persecute him. People, he said, I'll be persecuted. They'll persecute me. They're going to persecute you. They're going to treat you wrong. The question is, how do we deal with that? If we have entitlement mentality, it's going to get us all off. Let me say this. If we get upset with somebody, you know, and, and let me go back to this before I read this. Nobody owes us anything. Nobody owes us anything. The only reason that we have blessings from God that are promised that we should believe in is because he actually gave us his word that he would. But he didn't have to do that. He decided to do that. Nobody owes us. We're not entitled to anything. Well, they said they were going to give me that. Who cares? Is your job, and this is, see, this is part of the entitlement where it takes us off. Who's our actual source? Is it the job? Is it the government? 
Is it the church? I've had people come up to the church and get ticked off, cussing mad because we couldn't give them $1,000 today. You know, maybe Jesus told me not to give it to you. And that's happened multiple times. And they're getting mad. I mean, cussing mad. And it's like, no wonder the Lord told me not to give that to you. Because you're just looking like you're entitled. And spiritually, you definitely have no right to it in that, in that entitlement mentality. You're, you're trying to use the system without actually changing your life. That is not God's way. That's not God's way. Nobody owes us anything. Nobody, even if they said it, they don't owe us. God's our source. And watch this. Even if somebody said that they would give you something but they never did, you still have a source of unlimited power and unlimited resources that can get it to you another way. See, a lot of times when we think that we deserve something or we're entitled to something, we give up thinking that we can still receive it, and that's what the devil's after. When we actually move over here and we say, Lord, I don't care what they said. They don't owe me anything, but, Lord, you will provide for me because you have that character and nature, and I believe on you. So whether they ever do or not makes no difference. I know you will because you're my source, Father, and I thank you. <laughs> if we get upset with somebody, it is generally because we think we deserve better, generally. Generally, there's le at least a tiny thread of entitlement mentality in us. The devil seeks a, to get us so focused on one area of our life that we feel like we need or deserve that we completely overlook all the things that we already have. That same lack of thankfulness will lead us away from the thing we want, and it'll steal the things we have now. What a statement. Listen to this again. The devil seeks to get us so focused on one area of our life that we feel like we need or deserve that we completely overlook all the things we already have. That same lack of thankfulness will lead us away from the thing we want and steal the things that we have now. I want, I want you to go real quickly as we're, we're starting to wrap it up, but we're not quite there. Go to Timothy, and I think it is 2 Timothy chapter 6. It's either 1 or 2 Timothy chapter 6. I'll tell you here real quickly. Well, it's got to be 1 Timothy because 2 Timothy only has four. 1 Timothy chapter 6. <laughs> 1 Timothy chapter 6. And let me go to verse 8. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Hear that. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Do you realize I've never met anybody in my life in America that haven't, hasn't had food and covering? If they didn't have food, they would be quickly on their way to starving. I've never met anybody that's quickly in America on their way to starving. So they've all had food. 
covering can either be clothes or it can be a shelter. I've never met somebody that didn't have shelter. Even the people that were homeless, there was ministries that would give them a place. And if they believed God, uh, God would very quickly give them that. But he says, as long as we have these things, we should be content. Well, you just included over 99% of Americans in that way. They have food and covering easily. So the majority of us who I'm talking to, the majority of us, we have food and covering. And God says, he gives us a commandment. He gives us his will that we should be content with that. Now, I'm not talking about that you're content to not increase. That He gives us other words that tells us the opposite of that. But he says, you should have a content place in your heart. Look, I got food, I got covering. Now, what's not in here? Not a job, right? Not cars, not fancy clothes, not a lot of clothes, right? You know, it's just food and covering. Food enough to live by, covering enough to keep you out of the elements, other than that, anything above that, watch this, anything above that we should see as absolute blessing and prosperity of God. Anything above that, you know, computers, phones, anything you should see as a blessing from God, and we should be thankful for it. How many people in America do you know have actually been thankful for the things above food and, co and covering? All right, now see, see how much we can get off and get into an I deserve and an, an entitlement mentality because we're not thankful for it. We feel like we deserve it. We feel like we should have this stuff. You know, I watch people saying how poor America is. I can tell you've never gone anywhere in the world. If you think America is poor, you are deceiving yourself. Like even what we call poor is like high class in a lot of countries. A lot of third world countries, they are the, what we call poor, they're high class. I mean, it's the truth. It just is the truth. We, we've been so blessed, we've forgotten what we actually deserve. We've been so blessed, we've forgotten, and we've forgotten to give thanks to God. Now watch this, though. Well, God, you know, we don't want people to stay there. No, and neither does God. Back up two verses, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 6. Look what happens when we get content. If we'll get content with food and covering, look at what happens in verse 6. But godliness, when we walk godliness, actually is a means of great gain when it's accompanied by contentment. So when we get content, and then walk godly, God says, oh, I'm going to pour out on you. I'm going to bless your life so much. I'm going to give you the big house. I'm going to give you the big car. I'm going to pour out. You know, this is God saying great gain. This is not a person saying great gain. This is God by the Holy Ghost telling a person what to write. This is the Holy Spirit inspired by God saying, I'll give you great gain if you'll have contentment and walk in godliness. All right, now. I said, watch this. And you know what else? Our kids need to be taught that they don't deserve certain things as well, or else we are raising them to not receive from God and for them to move outside of love as well. All right, now watch this. Just last night or this morning, Luke was playing with some Legos. And uh, here, I want you to see, you gotta, you got to watch how we're raising our kids and what we're teaching them to say and what we're picking up on. See, when we understand entitlement mentality, that should change not only our speech and our thinking, but it should also teach our training to our kids and our grandkids. And watch this. 
So Luke is sitting there in the house. He's playing with his Legos. And he says, man, I really, I need this little figure. I need this figure. And I said, why do you say that? Because, see, he feels like I'm not complete unless I have this figure too. And I called it in his speech because I understand I deserve an entitlement mentality. In other words, he was on a level deriving his happiness from having every figure. Our joy and our happiness is not derived from things. We should be content with what we have. And so the proper way for him to say that is not, I need this, or if I get this, I'll be happy. Or even that thinking, even if the words don't line up exactly, they're thinking, I've got to have this to make me happy. If we allow our kids to think like that, we are setting them up for failure because things are now the, the describing factor of their happiness. Things are now the source of their happiness. And I said, do you actually need that to play? He said, no, I don't need that. I got him thinking. I said, do you, it, will you only be happy if you have that? And he said, no. I'll, I said, then you don't actually need it. You just want it. You want that thing. And want is fine. Hey, I'd, I'd like to have this. You know, and uh, okay, that want is fine. But when you say I need it, I can't get along without it. Now you're making that thing the source and you're feeling like I'm entitled to have everything that everything I want. You're not entitled to everything that you want. You just want it, right? We're not entitled to that. We don't deserve everything that we want. And so one of the things that we need to do is teach them that their source is not found in things. And so I said, so you want that thing. That's okay to want it, but you don't have to have that at all. And so we need to make sure that we teach our kids this way as well. For example, our kids, listen to this, our kids don't deserve to have a nice Christmas. I'm going to get in some people's business here and kind of on purpose. Our kids don't deserve to have a nice Christmas. They may get one. I mean, our kids have gotten a nice Christmas every Christmas, but they don't deserve one. What do they deserve? The same thing I deserve. Right? But we don't want to think that way because, here, and watch this, our own deserving and entitlement mentality, we've looked to transfer that to our kids. Well, I never had it, and I don't want my kids to not have it, so they deserve to have what I didn't get to have. No, you're training them in an ungodly, stinking thinking that will be a thorn and steal from the fruit of their lives. No, you don't deserve to have it. We praise God because we have it. Look, you didn't deserve to get this. If you didn't get anything, you have a blessed life. If you didn't get anything, they don't deserve it. They're blessed to get it. They should be thanking God for those things that they receive on Christmas, no matter how big or how small. We should teach them. Now, am I telling you to not buy your kids anything? No, bless them. Bless their socks off. <laughs> Bless their socks off. Act like your loving father is. Bless them. Overflow them that they may have and enjoy all the aspects of life. Bless their socks off. Be led. Let the Lord lead you. you know, don't go into debt for it, but, but bless them with what you can. Ask the Lord to help you bless them. Be a big blessing. Be a big blessing. Let them, let them come down the stairs on Christmas morning and go, Wow, God, you are so good. And when they say, oh, you know, mom and dad, thank you so much, you make sure that you tell them, hey, the Lord gave us this stuff. We need to praise God. 
It's, this is God's blessing, not just from us. God gave us this. That's why it's good to teach them on the, on the meal. Hey, God provided this meal we're eating right here. James 1.17, every good thing. We should teach them that they should be very thankful for any of it. Every good thing and every uh, given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no, variable, no variation or shifting shadow. They also don't deserve, hear this, kids, don't deserve to make choices that their parents should make for them. They are the minor, not the major. They're the minor, not the major. <laughs> if we raise our children to have an entitlement mentality, we are raising a generation that will walk further away from the one who wants to bless them so abundantly. Let me read that again. If we raise our children to have an entitlement mentality, we're raising a generation that will walk further away from the one that wants to bless them so abundantly. Again, like many of these wrong mentalities, the key goes back to love. It is right for, for people to treat you with honor and respect and love. And when they don't do that, it's wrong. But it needs to be done right to us because that person is operating in love, not because someone is forcing them to give us what we deserve. See, all of it goes back to love. It's right for somebody to love you. It's right for them to respect you and to honor you. That's absolutely right, and they should do it. But they should do it because they're doing it out of love, not because somebody's forcing, forcing them, right? And I'm, not, I'm just pointing this up for at gunpoint. In other words, I'm going to make a scene until you change because I deserve better treatment. We're forcing people to give us what we call love, but it's not love, it's force. It needs to be done right to us because that person's operating love, not because someone is forcing them to give us what we deserve. Let me throw this at you. What did Jesus actually deserve? What did Jesus actually deserve? What did he actually get? He deserved everything. But what did he get? Everything taken away. And how did he respond? First yeah. Peter 2, 20 through 23. For what credit is there if, when you sin, you are harshly treated? You endure it with patience. But if when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. So when you, when you actually do right and you still suffer for it, this finds favor with God. But if we're doing wrong and somebody does something wrong to us, that's, that's actually what we, that's what we deserve. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving for you an example for you to follow in his steps. What did he just define? That when somebody treats you wrong, even though they should treat you right, when you actually patiently endure it, it finds favor with God. This is what Jesus did, and verse 21 says, He gave us the example of what to do. Not blow up because we're in, we feel like we're entitled to something or we deserve something. He says, Jesus, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in His mouth, and while He was being reviled, He did not revile in return. While suffering, He uttered no threats, Watch this. 
but he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. In other words, he didn't pass a judgment on the person that was doing the wrong thing. He said, Lord, I put myself in your hands because I know you will judge righteously. So he didn't pass the judgment on the person because he deserved better. He actually did deserve better, and he still didn't pass the judgment. No, he said, Lord, let me put myself in your hands because you will judge righteously over my life. And when we do that, the Lord says, look at this person who, who you know, look at this person who's being treated badly. He says, oh, they've been, been being treated badly for my sake, and they're not, they're not responding, even though it's, it might be right in the world for them to respond. They're not responding in sin and with an I deserve and an entitlement mentality. Oh, I'll pass a judgment. Blessing be on them. Hey, they're content. They're not in entitlement. They're not in I deserve mentality. He said, that's godliness and contentment. Pour out some great gain. I'm, I'm talking to some people that are about to go through some great gain because you're going to put off entitlement mentality. You're going to put on a contentment and godliness. And God's already said his word. He's about to pour out some great gain on you. Are you going to walk in that great gain? Are you going to ditch the entitlement? Put on the contentment and godliness. If you are, you're about to walk in great gain. And put it in the comments right now. I'm about to walk in great gain. What do you gain by ditching entitlement mentality? You gain opportunity to move in obedience. You gain his promises. You gain his favor. You gain an advancement of the kingdom of God in your life. When we have entitlement mentality, it holds us back from receiving the promises of God. And it holds us back from loving on people the way that God desired for us to. The way that will actually work to advance his kingdom in entitlement mentality, we throw that away. But when we will ditch entitlement mentality and we'll walk in godliness, all of a sudden the gain of heaven can come down on you and me and, it can, and it'll be supernatural. By recognizing this stinking thinking and dealing with it and cutting it off at the roots in our life, we will immediately step into the place where the blessing of God will be poured out and great gain is happening for your life. If you receive that today, I'm telling you, gain is in your future. If you will receive that, I don't, what I deserve, I don't want. And what Jesus deserved, he gave to me. Praise God. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, I am content with food and covering. And Lord, I praise you for everything above that. See, that's the, that's the line. Lord, thank you for the food and covering. And I praise you for everything above food, everything above covering, everything above those two things. Lord, I praise you for it. I worship you. You deserve the glory and the honor and the praise and the worship. And then we walk in that godliness and all of a sudden the Lord says, oh, I got I to gotta pour out on them. I got to pour out on them. I can't leave them sitting there. They've ditched entitlement. They've ditched I deserve. I got to pour out on them because they're walking in that contentment. Thank you, Father, for changing lives today. And the question is this. Did we deserve for Jesus to come and die for us? Did we deserve, were we entitled to Jesus stepping down out of godliness off of his throne and come be a man like us? 
Did we deserve that? Were we entitled to that? No. No. You know, a thousand times no. But in his humility, he put it down. He put down what he actually deserved. He put down what he already had, and he served. See, the opposite. We're called in the kingdom to serve, and the opposite of serving is entitlement. People should serve me. He actually said, what I actually am entitled to and I actually deserve, I put that down, and I go to work in service. And he served all of humanity, did everything right, and gave his life for us. How should we thank him? Lord, if you sowed your life, if you, if you made an investment into me by your own life, then my life is null and void without you. I'm, so I give you my life. Lord, let me give you my life. And so today I want you to pray with me. Let's, let's honor him with everything that we have Let's make him the Lord of our life. Let's, let's walk out of entitlement and I deserve mentality and let's step into a service for a king that deserves it above anything else. Let's step into the fullness where God can bless us with an abundance to do every good work. Pray this right now. Just say, Jesus, I ask you, save me. You are the Lord of my life. Where you gave me your life, I choose now to give you mine. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. I will walk holy. I will put down sin. I will not let sin remain in my life. I'll deal with it. And I believe that you died for me. And you took my sin on you. And I believe that God brought you back to life proving that you were the Son of God and proving that there was power in the action and that you gave us that same resurrection power and you changed me completely into a new creation. And I receive that new creation right now and I will walk in it from this day forward into who you called me to be. Jesus, fill me, overflow me, baptize me with the Holy Ghost, and with fire so that I can walk in your fullness from this day forward in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Just lift your hands if you're able to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Thank you, Lord, that even though I didn't deserve it, and I wasn't entitled. Lord, we, weren't, we didn't deserve it. We weren't entitled to it. Yet you still pour out your promises, more than we could have ever gained on our own. And so as we turn towards you and away from our own works, we actually open up the door to even more of your blessings and more of your goodness and a manifestation of your love in our lives. Father, right now I just ask that you would bless your people. Lord, let our minds... And our eyes of understanding be opened and enlightened to see so clearly what is the will of God and what isn't. To see that entitlement mentality, lottery, arrival, drive-through mentality, all these, this is not you. Lord, let us see you for who you are. Lord, let us see you for who you are. And Lord, let us walk. Lord, I ask right now that for every person listening to this, that you would strengthen them with all your might to walk in the way that you've called them to walk. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. Glory to God. We just praise God for you. You know, uh, we sow this broadcast every single day into the world and the good news. And many people, the Lord writes on their heart. He starts dealing with them and telling them, I want to be a part of Lunch Plus. I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to be a part of sowing that good news of Jesus Christ into the world. You know, if that's you, if you'd like to take a part with it, you are welcome to give. And uh, you can do that in Facebook. You can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount. There's an example there on the screen. And uh, you can also give by cash app, cash tag give www. Or you can go to giveww.org and it shows you what how to give there. You can give one time or you can give on a regular basis. I want to give every week a certain amount or I want to give every month a certain amount. You can set all that up and be a partner with us. We're getting this good news out to the world and literally going around the world and traveling around the world to take this good news. If you want to be a part of, of that and a partner with it, in Philippians chapter 2 it says that when you partner with the gospel going out, you become a partner of the grace that's on that ministry and a grace that's on that man or woman of God. You actually, the grace that's on them, that supernatural strength to get those things done, it becomes a part of your life. We watched that happen just a few weeks ago. Somebody that we had never even met, they decided they wanted to partner with Boomerang, partner with What's Right. And when they did, a grace came on, and uh, four days later, they were 30,000. They had the idea and the work, the beginnings of being out of debt, $30,000. Within four days, it, it turned from uh, a lot smaller than 30000 into 30000 because grace came in their life because they sowed and partnered. It's a way of God. It doesn't make sense to the world, but it is how God, it takes faith and it takes love, and that's how the Lord works. Lord, I'm trusting you more than I trust what I can see in my hands, this money in my hands. I trust you. I need your help. See, it's also a plea of humility. I don't deserve this without you. I need your help. Lord, I'm sowing by this. If you would like to sow today, I encourage you right now in Facebook, type it in, uh, Cash App, uh, whatever way, giveww.org, you can go and sow there. We love you so very much, and I hope that this series is helping you. Remember on Monday, my kingdom mentality, this is a huge one, an absolute huge one. I'm looking forward to getting into it. I love you so very much, and we'll see you then. Have a great, great weekend. Here is Barrett to wrap it all up. Guys, thank you so much for being on with us today. Make sure that you take the time to share today's word. You know, each and every single day, the words have been ramping up and up and up. And what these do is these words, these, these teachings, they unlock realms of God and freedom that we didn't even know that were available to us. God has given us a gift in this word. So share it. Send this message to somebody that you know it'll bless them. It'll help them. It'll take their life higher. This is a tool that God has given to you to see the people in your life changed. And so we just give it to you today. Thanks for being on. And we're going to be back Monday at 1130. But before we hop off, quick reminder, Easter is next weekend. It's next weekend. Can you believe somehow Easter's here already? Oh my gracious, 2021 is flying. We're going to have an Easter celebration here at Boomerang. And we want to invite you 
personally you. We are going to have free family pictures. We are going to be doing a free Easter egg hunt for all the kids who are going to be here. It's going to be great. But most importantly, we're going to come together and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. It's going to be a celebration, the likes of which we haven't even seen before. Christ loves the assembly. Jesus loves when his believers come together to celebrate him. And we want you to be a part of that celebration. It's going to be Easter Sunday at 10 a.m. here at Boomerang. And let me give you a heads up. This Sunday is going to be special. It's not Easter Sunday, but this is going to be a special Sunday at Boomerang. The Lord's already told us that it's going to be special and Jesus is going to be here. Come to Boomerang. If you don't have a home church, come. If you aren't able to get here, watch online. It's going to be powerful. But if you can get here, get here. 10 a.m. Sunday mornings here in Albemarle, North Carolina. You can Google us. We're the only boomerang church you'll find. We love you. And we're going to be back Monday morning with more of the stinking thinkings because God wants you to be free and be blessed in every area of your life. It's your year to increase and we're here to help. We love you. Have a great weekend and we'll see you, if not before, Monday morning at 